So we are we are in the sugya of dreams. So we so far did the first part of the sugya, which had the rules of dreams, and it had three methods of dealing with a dream. Method number one, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. A dream that goes unspoken, a dream that goes unsaid, will not happen. Nothing will happen. So that's like the smartest, most effective way of dealing with a bad dream. The second, the second method was be made to chaloim by berchas kehanim. Lemel api kehanim. And the other method was to do hatavas chaloim. You go in front of three people and they tell you your dream was good. So that was section one, part one, section one, how to deal with bad dreams. Tonight, we're going to deal with where dreams come from. Where dreams come from and its effect on whether or not they're true or just, you know, total imagination. So we are on Nun Hayamid Bez, about 15 lines from the bottom. Shmuel. When he would see a bad dream, when he would see a dream that was scary, Omar, he would quote the Pasik, eh, Vahachaloimais, dreams, Shavyidaberu. They speak false. He would quote the Pasik, dreams are nothing, they're false. Kiavachazachalmatavu, but when he would see a good dream, and he wouldn't want the dream to be classified as false, he would quote the same Pasik with a different trump. Omar, Omar, beru. Are dreams false? And then he would shout to another Pasik. On the contrary, we just had this recently in the Barsha. Hashem says, I communicate with a Navi in a dream. So the Torah itself validates a dream. So Shmuel didn't seem to be bothered by the steer and psukim. On the contrary, he liked quoting the Pasik that machsavek with chalemis by a bad dream. And he liked quoting the Pasik that elevates the status of a dream by a good dream. But Rava, Rava, is a one second, one second, one second. You can't just do that. Those psukim are contradictory. Rava Rami. Rav would ask it as a stira. Ksiv in one pasig, I will communicate in a dream. And yet, dreams are nothing. Dreams are shav. Dreams are false. So this is the essential question. Which is it? Are dreams real? Are dreams factual? Are dreams something you need to deal with? Are dreams something you should be scared of? Are dreams something you have to take seriously? By the way, there's a whole literature out there. If you see something in a dream that has a halachic ramification, ranging from, you have a dream that the tomato in your fridge is truma, or shvius, to, very common problem, 
You saw yourself promising money to stuck in a dream. Does it have any validity? Do I have to wake up the next morning and say, well, I promised $100 to that good. Rebbe Chetzi would say yes. So we'll talk about, we'll talk about Rebbe's in a dream in a minute. Um, so, the, you know, do I have to shtel suit to that? Or, or even more serious, there's, there's a shayla. If let's say two brothers, a guy has a dream that his property, he didn't divide it properly with his brother in the Yerusha. Does he have to then go and listen to the dream and give back the property to his brother? All of these have ramifications. So asks the Gemara a stira. Asks the Gemara stira. Is a dream real or is a dream not real? Says the Gemara, Kasha kana malach kana shade. It depends. It depends how the dream was delivered. If the dream was delivered through a malach, then the dream is a true dream. If the dream was delivered through a shade, then the dream is a false dream. Okay, well that's a foolproof method. Here you have the answer. If the dream was delivered idea a malach, it is a true dream. If the dream is delivered idea a shade, it's a false dream. Which then begs the question, so how do I know if my dream was delivered idea a malach or delivered idea a shade? So I found two, two people, two you're holding by that so, oh, so that's one of the that's one of them. So all the Sifrachsidim bring the but like you know it's like everyone says it. it's not like one or two. That if you see a tzaddik in a dream, by the way, in case you're unfamiliar, when chsidim say tzaddik, they mean Reb. That, that's that's what that, you know, they, like when they say the, the tzaddik, that, that that's the way it's said. If you see a tzaddik in a dream. It has to be true because everyone says this. A shade is not allowed to take up the persona of a dead tzaddik. Therefore, if a person sees a dead tzaddik in their dream, that is a giveaway that the dream is true. So that is one way to know that your dream is Aide Malach because a shade is unable to access. You can't just pick up someone's personality and go with it in a dream. If a person is a nobody, then the shade is able to do that. But if a person sees a tzaddik in a dream, then that is a surefire sign that this dream is a malach, because only a malach can have access to that persona. A shade cannot have access to that persona. So that's one way to tell if your dream was Aideya Malach or Aideya Shade. But I'm thinking you're, you're still wanting more clarity. So the Tajbates, who's a Rishan, so we have nothing to be embarrassed of, that says. The explanation was a bad dream. It'd still be a bad dream. Well, one second. Two you could have four possibilities. Two you could have good dream, not true. Good dream, true. Mal Shade. You could have bad dream. Like, you know, if I have a bad dream, I'm hoping it was delivered Aideya Shade. If I'm having a good dream, I'm hoping it was delivered out of the amount. According to Rebbe, is there a, it's not a matter of... It's nothing to do with good or bad. Right. It's true or false. So in other words, in other words, you can have good true dreams and bad true dreams. You can have good bad dreams. I mean, true bad dreams and false bad dreams. So the Tajbait says something extreme. Tajbait's a Rishim. 
This is quoted by the Chikrei Lev, who's like a major Pisic. And this is like basically the rule of thumb. Malach is not talking about an angel. It's talking about the guy having the dream. Shade is not talking about a demon. It's talking about the guy having the dream. Says the Tarbis, what this Gemara means is, if you are a holy person, like a Malach, then, and you have no impure thoughts, this is his words, your mind is perfectly clear, then you are a Malach. And therefore your dreams are true. Says the Chikre Lev, who was a Pesach, I think in the 1600s, maybe the 1700s. Says the Chikre Lev, the Kalach HaLemes Shalanu Leishav klum. If that's the litmus test, that the Malach and the Shade is not referring to a Malach or a Shade, but rather to the persona of the dreamer, all of our dreams are zero. Which fits very well to the HaShulchan we started the sugya with, that we generally have very little to worry about from our dreams. Yeah, but yeah. Then, then <laughs> go with that. Go with that. He got the from the Archashulchan. And go with that. <laughs> Did he ever come to you in a dream? No. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Um, Says the Gemara. So that is one, one source of where dreams come from. Next. Back in the day, there were 24 dream tellers, professional dream tellers in Yerushalayim. One time I dreamt a dream. And I presented my dream to all 24 dream tellers in Yerushalayim. By the way, each one had a unique interpretation. And guess what? They all became true. How so? It's a fulfillment of the maxim. All dreams go after the interpretation. So you see from here, a new chiddush. That all dreams go after interpretation is not that a dream is limited to its interpretation. It's that a dream is capable of expanding to its interpretation. And therefore here, when there were 24 interpretations, not the pshat that the dream is limited to the interpretation. The dream is made by its interpretation. The dream is brought into this world by its interpretation because if he would have gone to 23, only 23 versions would have come true. If he would have gone to one, only one version would have come true. If he would have gone to none, no versions would come true. So not only is a dream limited to its interpretation, if it's not interpreted, nothing happens, a dream is expandable by its interpretation. How do we, Frank, the Gemara, you, you, say, you say that as if it's a Pusik. 
Is that rule? All dreams follow the pus, uh, all dreams follow the interpretation is a pusik? Where is this in? Yes, it is. How do you know that all dreams follow the interpretation? Shinemar. It says by the Sarafim and Saramashkim, Vaihi Kasher Pasalonu, and it was as he interpreted Kenaya. That's how it came out. Amarava, there's one caveat that yes, a dream can be made by its interpretation, Vihu, as long as the Mifshalamein Chalme. It is interpreted Mein the Chalim, which means if you have a dream that you saw a rocket ship last night, so I say, oh, that means you're going to make a lot of money. Your finances will rocket. Okay, that's Shaykh. If you tell me you, you, were, you had a dream there was a rocket ship, I said, that means your wife is going to serve chicken for supper. No Shaykhs. Which means, like, you can't connect that to the dream. That, therefore, even if a guy says that, it's not going to happen. Me'en chalme means it has to have some connection. He said, what, what this meant, you dreamt a shoe, that meant you're going to, and this meant that. If you explain what it meant, then it could happen. If not, not. So the Briskorov asked that kasha. So it sounds much better in Yiddish. But he basically said as follows. Yeshus go, huh? Yeshus' goal was to kill them. If he would have killed the first guy, the second guy wouldn't have come to him. So the first guy he used to get himself out of jail, and then the second guy he killed. That's how the Briskarov answered your kasha. Isn't that a good year? I'm going to kill one. I might as well get in jail out of the other one. Right? So he used the first guy to get out of jail. And the second guy he killed. Yeah, that Yiddish shot. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid. I was like, I can I lay the kid in shakes. And Yosef's dream as well? Yosef's dream, no one interpreted. It's not part of this sugya. Says the Gemara. Yeah, but it did come true. So how? I mean, Be- because because he said it. He interpreted it. Right, he said it. He didn't interpret it. He said it, which means, if he would have kept quiet, nothing would have happened. He said it, so it came true. It was only said over once, and therefore it only had one true coming, not twenty-four. The reason it has to be me'en chalme is because it says each one got his dream interpreted the way it was. Vayar and the Sarafim saw that Yosef interpreted it properly. How did he know? The Sarafim didn't get his promotion yet. How did the Sarafim know that it's true? Amr Blazer says, Amr Blazer, Malamich, called Echad Ve'echad. Each one, the Sarai from the Saramashkim saw two things in their dream. Their dream and the interpretation of their friend's dream. So when the Sarai from saw my dream, I don't know what it means, but I know what his dream means, and Yosef nailed it on the head. So each one saw the interpretation of the other one's dream, and therefore the Sarafim was convinced that it's true, because he saw Yosef interpret the Saramashkim's dream correctly. Next. So, so far, 
we have one method of determining whether or not a dream is true if it came on Malach. How do you determine that? We tried to discuss that. Here's another method. Amr B'yeichanan, Hishkin, V'nafal Le'pasik L'seich Piv. If you wake up one morning, and out of the blue, a Pasik comes to you. You just, boom. You, you wake up, and you say a Pasik, Boom, like a Pasik comes out of your mouth. This is a miniature Nevoah. Now this, once again, you know, the Litvaks aren't big into talking about this stuff. The Magda Talumas, which is the Bnei Saschar, says a major Yusayid, which by the way, the Shach says this Yusayid. The Shach is the Godel Apaiskim. Mamish, the, the Rav in, in Lemberg, which is now Lvov, which used to be a city in Ukraine. So the, the Shach says this. Meir de Kazakh. The Shach says that all nevuah, all information that will happen for the rest of the world, this is his lashon. Kol ha'asidais lihiyais adzman bias meshichenu hakol hu neviim. The neviim, when they gave us Tanakh, Nach, Nach contains within it all of the information of the future from the time their nevuah was sent until the day Mashiach comes. Every piece of history that has happened and will happen is contained in the Nevi'im. Some of it is clear. Like Zechariah tells us exactly how Mashiach is going to come. Exactly how Binyan Bayashlishi is going to be. Exactly how Mechemes Gagumagag is going to be. Yeshaya Novi talks about also the Nechama. Yermia talks about the Harbin, which is still happening sometimes. Each Navi contains within it every single piece of information from now on. Therefore, when a person has a Pusik in Navi come to him seemingly randomly, that is the delivery of the information that was meant to be. And therefore, it's a true Chalayim. It's a true Nevoah. If a person like randomly, not because you thought about it and not because you heard it and not because you heard a song that contained it last night, but if a person wakes up and a pussy just hits him in the mouth, that is nevuah because all of Nevi'im is nevuah. It just has yet to happen. If a person has a pussy that falls into his mouth, that is, the, that, that is a nevuah. And this is why we find, and if you've ever had these Gemaras, that Meira uh, didn't know what was going to happen. He called over a child and said, what Pasuk are you holding? It's the same you said, that since all of the future is contained within the, the words of the Nevi'im, the question is how to apply it. If you find a pure child who's up to a certain Pasuk, then that is your clue about how this works. This may or may not be how the Geir Hagra works, but all of the Divrei Nevi'im have within it all of the Asidus the, it's a matter of marshalling it. It's a matter of harnessing it. And if you find a gift, if it falls to you, then that's, that's what this is. Finally, finally, so so far we have two indications a dream is true. It comes from a malach, 
you have a you have a you have a um, a pasik. From Three kinds of dreams will come true. A dream that you dream in the morning, not in the beginning of the night, at the end of the night. The beginning of the night is just your, your brain getting rid of excess thoughts, like the modern psychologists say. We'll get to that in a second. The, but in the morning, that's already, that's already real. Number two, if someone dreamt something about you, it has a bigger chance of becoming true. And number three, if you had a dream about someone interpreting it a dream, that is a true dream. A repetitive dream. In fact, the Beis Yosef Paskins in Simen Reish Peiches, B'Shem the Mardachai, that when we talk about Tainas Chaloim, if a dream didn't repeat itself, you do not fast. A dream that is a random one-time thing, you do not do Tainas Chaloim. All this stuff that we talk about, chaloimus and tainus chaloim, etc., etc., it's only if you have this gemar, says the Beis Yosef. If it didn't happen repetitively, ignore it. Don't worry about it. Which, again, is something else we could, um, we could add into the category of dreams that you could ignore. So, so far, we have three, four categories of where dreams come from. Now, says the Gemara, the final category, the most common category of dreams, and this is where most dreams comes from. Generally speaking, a person doesn't see, except what he thought about during the day. Like we find the Pasuk in Daniel, you, king, Rayenach, your thoughts, al meshkav chasliku, will come up on your bed. Or another passing in Daniel, the ideas of your heart, tinadea, will become known. Amarava, teda, I'll prove this to you. Because rarely do you have in a dream something that is totally not normal, totally not natural. You dream things that like fit totally into normal, regular life. You never find, for instance, we do not show a person ever you never dream about a golden palm tree. You know why? Because you never saw a golden palm tree. You never thought about a golden palm tree till today. Therefore, you never dream about a golden palm tree because your dreams are essentially what you saw, what you thought about, what you're thinking about. Therefore, something you never thought about. Vulai, or not, for instance, Pila, an elephant, the aisle bekuba de machta, that walks through the eye of a needle. Because you never thought about elephants walking through the eye of a needle. So it's fantastic. And therefore, you're not gonna dream that. Now, based on this, this idea that dreams come from what you think about, it enabled the following two cool stories. They're the same story with different people, but they're two cool stories. Says the Gemar. Amalek Kesar, the Caesar, said to Rishub and Hananya, who was famously you know, close to the Caesar. Amrisu, they say about you, Rishub and Hananya, tuva, you're very smart. Okay, if you're so smart, Tell me what I'm going to dream about tonight. Now, that's, that's terrible because, first of all, when the king challenges you, 
there's only one or two results. Either you win or you die. So, like, you know, you can't fail. Okay, you're right, I'm not so smart. No, it doesn't work that way. If you fail, you die. And he's basically telling you to do something impossible. Are you crazy? How much does to know what you're going to dream tonight? You're, you're giving me an impossible challenge. Yeah, okay, fine, so I'll kill you. You know, no. So he's basically challenging him. Tell me what I'm going to dream tonight or I'm going to kill you. So what is Rabbi Shubham Hanani supposed to do? So Rabbi Shubham Hanani knew this idea and says, what I need to do right now is get him to think about something for the rest of the day. And if he thinks about something for the rest of the day, he's going to dream it. And then I will win. So Rabbi Shubham is not predicting what he's going to dream about. He's causing what he's going to dream about. Now, the question is, how do I get you to think about something for the rest of the day? So some people, I know what I could tell them, and I know they'll think about it for the rest of the day. Other people, like, it's like a little tougher. You know, some people, you tell them, you know, the, tell them, like, the Orioles are in first place. Okay, they'll think about that for the rest of the day. Other people, I don't, don't, don't get them going. So how do you get a Caesar going? Well, we know that the arch enemies of the Romans were the Persians. So, Roshul and Hanania put the following little kernel in the Caesar's mind. I'm like, I'll tell you what you're going to dream about. Chazis, you're going to see the Persians are going to enslave you. And already like, you got the guy sweating. Like, oh my gosh, like, holy cow, it's like his biggest nightmare. You know, this, the Spartans against the Persians, 300, they're like going crazy. Vosved Zayn, and not only that, they're going to make you do menial labor. And then he like got him even more like, got in his brain. And they're going to like poke at you, cockroaches, on golden toothpicks. So I mean like, you got this guy's mind going crazy. I'm captured by the Persians. They're putting me in the kosher bite freezer, and, and they're, they're sicking on me cockroaches on golden toothpicks. And like, the guy was going out of his dust. So what do you think the Caesar thought about for the rest of the day? Persians, cockroaches, golden toothpicks. Guess what he dreamt about that night? Persians, golden toothpicks, cockroaches. Boom, you win. Herakuli <coughs> Yama. That's what he thought about all day. Ulartan at night, that's what he saw it in the dream. So, very cool story using that. Now, we have the exact same story in reverse. Rishua ben Hananya, who was a citizen of Eretisra, which we know from Shavasavatamas, was under Roman control. So, his, his superior was the Caesar. Shmuel, who lived in Babylonia, who, as we know, was under Persian control for a short period of time. So, his boss was the Persian monarch who was called Shavar Malka. So the same story happened. Amalei Shvar Malka le Shmuel. Shvar Malka told Shmuel, Nu, Amris the Chachmis Tuva. They say you're very smart. Okay, Amalei Mechazina Bechamoy. Tell me what I'm going to dream in my dream. Same idea. He couldn't get this wrong, but he can't get this right. What's he going to do? He employed our Gemara. If I tell him something fantastical, he's going to think about it all day. Now, as much as the Romans were scared of the Persians, the Persians were scared of the Romans. So what did he do? He said, Chazis, you're going to see in your dream, the Romans are going to come to Shavubach. And they are going to imprison you. And again, he wanted to get in some like fantastical details. So he told them, and they're going to make you work, 
and you're going to be working at the millstone. You're going to be working at the grinder. The tachnibach, and they're going to grind with you, kashyaisa, date pits. Now, that's the last thing I think you're going to put in a grinder. Let me put in a grinder. Wheat, grapes, olives, barley, stuff you make flour out of, or stuff you make oil or wine out of. Date pits, that's bizarre. I'm going to be at the grinder grinding date pits, in a golden millstone. So, same idea, totally crazy. The Romans, slave, golden millstones, date pits. He was Gansen captured by this crazy fantasy. Hirakuliyama, he thought about that all day. Ula Arta Chaza. And guess what he dreamt about at night? You got it. He dreamt that at night, and Shmuel was exonerated and passed, all based on the rule. We learned that a person's primary source of dreams, 99.99% of dreams, are what the person thought about during the day. And therefore, if you ever really want to control someone's dreams, you can. If you get someone to think about something all day, like you tell them, if you mamish know what pushes their buttons, like Shmuel and Shubin Hanan, you know, you can get them to think about something all day, they will dream about it all night, and then you will be able to do this too at home.